Welcome to The Art of Medicine, the program that explores the arts, business, and clinical aspects of the practice of medicine. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and my guest today is Dr. Rip Patel. Welcome, Dr. Patel. Thanks for having me. Dr. Patel, I asked you on the program because I know you're big into locum tenants. And uh, locum tenants was very helpful for me during my well, long, long career now as it as it extends. And uh, as, as since you're on the other side of the spectrum, relatively young, starting out, I thought it'd be interesting to get your view. So tell me where you came from, your training and what you're doing now. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I started out in general surgery. Uh, I went to medical school at UC Southwestern. Um, I didn't do emergency just because I had no exposure to it. And I tell my medical students now, explore everything, see what you want to do, think about your lifestyle, think about your personal life. You're not going to be happy in medicine unless you have some kind of balance. And some people don't need that balance, but at least you thought about the fact that you don't need that balance. Um, I then switched to emergency. Um, I really loved the ER. I just never was exposed to it. And then I trained in Philadelphia, did my master's in public health in uh, London. And part of why I liked emergency was the shift work and the ability to shuffle my schedule around to do academics, to do global health work and do other things out sort of correlated to medicine, sometimes not. And um, I started working at a staff job. Uh, I've been faculty at the medical school at the Baylor College of Medicine here in Houston since 2014. And then um, I was, didn't, of all the things I wish many me could have gone back and told myself was the corporate aspect of healthcare, which a lot of my colleagues, you know, moan about and groan, they get upset about and they quit. And I think it's present, it's there, we have to work with it and it's not going anywhere. And I think that's a silly reason to quit practicing medicine just because it's getting corporate. Um, and so I think the way I worked around that was doing locums work. And um, I've been traveling, I think I've worked at probably over 20 to 30 ERs in five to six different states. Um, I started with agencies. Now, instead of using agencies more, me and a couple of knucklehead, mercenary, adrenaline junkie ER docs all banded together and we just go to the hospitals directly and we offer them PRN coverage. So we have about five, six state licenses. We work in a couple different states and we spread ourselves out. And that way we get to make our schedule work in areas that need us do real frontier emergency medicine. And then like the corporate aspect, the politics, the metrics, the administrators, if there's ever a problem that anyone will work, uh, we just don't go back. It's a very simple relationship of mutual distrust. That's what I call it. <laughs> or we're there to do healthcare and patient care. They want to do patient care. Sometimes the two will coincide. Sometimes they won't. And it's not personal. And uh, I've been doing that for about five, six years now. And um, it's been great. It's not perfect, but it's been the best model of allowing me to just be a doctor. And I got asked in a prior podcast, what else do you do? Do you have 50,000 rental properties? Do you do this? And do you have a, you know, a tech company? I, no, I, I'm just a doctor. That's, you know, I practice medicine. That's, I like doing it. I am good at it. And I think you had said in your, our last podcast, which really stuck with me that it's really going to be your most significant contribution to income really well. So yeah, so that's been it now. And um, this is kind of my off week. So great. Well, Thank you for uh, joining me. And, and I think your insights are going to be very, very helpful. First of all, did you 
Did you form your own company? Do you have like your own locum tenens agency for ER docs? Yeah, so an agency would basically contract other people to work with you. And that would imply I'm not working, but I get, you know, you and 50 other guys and you guys work for me and I just set up the logistics. Um, I didn't like that model and I didn't want to do that model. I think there's a dime a dozen locum agencies already, but I just want to practice. And what ended up happening was as I started doing direct contracts with hospitals, word of mouth, people I worked with were having not great experiences with staffing companies, with locums agencies. So they said, why don't we just, do you have anywhere else I can work? And then I would get offers for places to work. And I was like, well, I can only do this many shifts, but I got another guy that works with me. And so it's sort of a partnership in that sense. We cross cover hospitals and um, whenever they don't want to work, they don't want to work, but nobody's forcing anybody to work. We're all physicians and we have just one administrative staff. We're small and we don't have any int intent to get bigger. I tell so people- it's a our, pool. You basically have a doctor pool and- Yeah, a couple of guys and uh, one admin person that does the scheduling, the rental cars, all that silly stuff. and. We didn't do it out of any business strategy. We did it out of a lifestyle and a way to practice our job. And it just formed into what it was. That's interesting. I like that. When in, in my locums career, which started way back in, uh, in the ER, in fact, in 1982, um, I've used agencies to find positions. And I've also direct contract pretty much just sort of uh, by accident. You know, right. I'll be talking to someone and they say, you know, we really need someone. We had some people leave. Are you available? And uh, that that works too. So I think uh, if you're just starting out, maybe you might need an agency because you don't know what to do. Uh, on the other hand, if you're in a local community and you know you just put your ear to the ground, somebody's going on maternity leave, you know somebody retired, there's a gap, and uh, that's what locum tenens is all about. It's filling these uh, filling these gaps, and right. of course, you know. So I kind of looked into this. It's like, well, you theoretically, if you cut out the middleman, right, right. you're going to make right. more. On the other hand, sometimes the locum tenens agencies can negotiate better. So, right. you know, because they want their piece and it all comes out the same. So I think every situation is is unique. And the, the key is to make it, you know, work, work for you. And yeah, I, I tell people it's good to have maybe, and I work with two of them still, and they're always looking for work for you. So if you have any issues with your practice, they're always there as a nice backup because they're constantly looking for work. And their job is to make work because it's incentivized. If you're not working, they're not getting paid. Um, but I think most people sort of stop. Most of my colleagues are stop at exactly what you mentioned. They basically are solo practitioners. They have a solo practice. Some of them have an assistant, usually it's somebody virtual. And then they, instead of doing the fill-ins of, you know, you're out for pregnancy, somebody's out for an injury, they find hospitals that will consistently pretty much never have full-time staffing. And so rather than doing a fill-in spot, basically what we have is about seven or eight community jobs. And we're constantly covering those same hospitals. Because after, I'm sure you remember, after you credential at one, then you'd like to meet everybody, then you go and then you're sad, then you go somewhere else and you it's just... The constant changing, um, it's difficult. And now it's funny, people think my life is so chaotic. My life is about as routine as you can get, and I love it. It's like fly out this day, cover that hospital. And I do about the same three or four hospitals um, every month. Okay, so you were kind of hinting that 
you know, locum tenens offers uh, flexibility, right? That's the main thing, but you're hinting that there's some downsides. And I think uh, there's always a lot of press about locum tenens and how great it is and lifestyle, but it's a little tougher to find out, you know, what are the reasons you might not want to do it? Or if you are doing it, what do you have to, to deal with to make it successful? You, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think we, we all want it all. I think we've worked so hard to become physicians. We want everything. We don't want anything being perfect. And I think my, my, and I think also we've been doing all our training, you know, medical school, MCAT, residency, fellowship, everything's been sort of on a path. And so the next logical step to that is keep following that path. Oh, here's a job. Here's an employee job. Here's this. And so I think with that, I think a lot of physicians don't want to think outside the box of not, I'm not saying doing maybe what I do, but just something different, something maybe not on a traditional path to be happy if you're unhappy. And so I think what I was doing initially and was just, I was convincing myself of reasons not to step outside the box and see what else was out there because I was afraid of maybe I might like it. Maybe it's too hard. I don't want to think about it. And I look back at that version of me and how silly it was like, oh, that's traveling and going to new hospitals and learning EMRs. That's crazy. I would never do that. Um, so the, the, there's so many pros to it. Um, briefly, just making your schedule. You could do days or nights, taking off whenever you want. Hourly paid is the big one to me, forming a 1099, um, staying out of all the meetings and politics and directors and just doing your job. And if somebody doesn't like how you do it, you just move on plus all the travel benefits. Um, so that's, a, and I could go on and on about that part. The downsides, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, you mentioned a big one, which is you're basically like a freelance photographer. I call myself a freelance ER doctor. Um, I'm like, you know, willing to move around, willing to follow good places, good salary, but you may not have work. Um, the way we get around that is we book far in advance. Now, of course, hospitals can always strip your shifts if they want to. And if you haven't, if that hasn't happened to you yet, you haven't been doing it long enough. So if that happens, it happens. It happened to me this year during the pandemic where volumes went down, hospitals that guaranteed us shifts stripped our shifts out. And that leaves me with open weeks. Um, so that's a risk. And I think financially you have to think about that. Um, I think the day you start with an agency is the day the hospital wants to get rid of you. <laughs> and if you don't understand that, you've not been doing this long enough because you could be the greatest ER physician throwing a central line across the room and do CPR with, you know, psychedelic, whatever you think you can do, trust me, it comes down to money. And um, locums agencies can charge a lot to the hospital. And so although you may be a great provider, they really want somebody permanent there. And that's kind of why we started going directly to the hospitals to avoid all that overhead cost. Um, travel does get on people, but I tell people that as an ER doctor, you're going to lose time no matter what. Either you're going to lose time flipping days, nights, nights, days, or you're going to lose time traveling. And um, I would rather, I'm more of a days guy, and I would like to stay on that and have a more consistent sleep schedule and not going to work exhausted because it takes like most normal human beings days to recover from that constant flipping. Um, right. When you're working days and then work nights and then you, yeah. you upset your, you know, we're, we're biological organisms. We're not machines and it, uh, it's not something you can adapt to uh, right away. You know, we're supposed to go to work as doctors and put everything in our lives, our relationship problems, any financial issues, somebody died, I'm depressed and just put it all on the side 
and work and maybe we're tired, maybe we're having insomnia and we're not allowed to make mistakes. And it's not fair, but again, it's a healthcare system we live in. And so I think whatever you can do, and I know for me, I don't function without sleep and people that say I sleep three hours a night, all you're gonna do is die early, really. I mean, you can't sleep three hours a night for the rest of your life, I'm sorry. Um, so those are the big ones. A lot of people I know get nervous about walking into complete disasters. Mm -hmm. And that is very real. I just started at a new hospital and uh, it was challenging. It wasn't a disaster, but they had enough resources to make it okay. But I sort of knew going in, it was gonna be like that. And there are ways to feel out the hospital, feel out the people, the doctors before, um, before I did that. But remember too, you don't have to go back after that first week. Now you spend a lot of time credentialing, but if you don't like it, you're not obligated. And I think that, and I know every specialty is different, but ER to me is when you do shift work medicine, hospitals view you often as shift work doctors and that's easy, easily replaceable. And I hate to say that, but it's, it's true. And so when you work across, now, by the way, not all the hospitals I work with, we have a really good relationship. Now, if they found somebody cheaper, would I be gout? Maybe, <laughs> I don't know, but I work at so many places, it doesn't really bother me. And most, all of them always come back later. Um, so I think those are the worst ones. Um, people yeah, well, you mentioned yours. a lot. Let me, uh, yeah. let me talk about yeah. travel. So yeah. I worked yeah. locums at the Mayo Clinic for a year in Phoenix. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. And then uh, we talked a little bit about maybe even becoming full time there because it was a wonderful job. I don't know. It didn't materialize. It's like, well, that's OK. And I started working locums in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. But uh, my wife and I really enjoyed living in Phoenix. So once a week I would take there was a three hour American flight to Minneapolis. I'd fly out on a Sunday, work Monday through Sunday and fly back on Monday. And, uh, you know, I don't really enjoy being in an airplane all that much, but I've got stuff to read in my laptop and can always take a nap. But I realized I was traveling a lot when I recognized the flight attendants. <laughs> you know, because they were on that route. And it's like, yeah. gee, this is a little odd that I, that, you know, I know the flight attendants so on the trip. So travel is a big one. You have to find ways to be productive because uh, at least when, well, if you're working for yourself or for an agency, you're not compensated for travel time. Right. And uh, I know, I remember there was some government guys on a flight once and they were just having a ball because the government, you know, they were, they were being paid like it was a regular work day for their travel day. But in locums, that's not the case. So if you're flying back and forth every week, um, that's a lot of downtime. And uh, one of the reasons I took my current permanent job is that it's a week on, week off, just like I had before, but I don't have to fly anywhere. <laughs> just right. stay put. So it's like, oh, wow, all of a sudden I've got two days extra, you know, per, per 14 days where I'm not in an airplane. Now, yeah. the other thing you mentioned is the cost. And I've talked to hospital administrators and there was a department that was kind of shy of uh you know people they've been having trouble recruiting and i said well why don't you just hire a locums you know to fill in and the guy looked at me with this like death glare because <laughs> i guess on their budget locums even though locums doctors don't get you know 
uh, 401k retirement plans and they don't get health benefits, you know, which permanent employees do, somehow it costs administration more. And uh, so from the administrator's point of view, they don't want locums. On the other hand, the people that you work with very often do appreciate locums. I'm sure you've had this experience where you show up, people are delighted in the ER to have you there because otherwise they have no one there. And right. uh, they don't know how good you are, but you're a whole lot better than no one. Right. <laughs> exactly. The bar is low. <laughs> the bar is low. And I've generally found that I was very much appreciated. In fact, at first I thought it was my reputation that preceded me. Oh, Dr. <laughs> Willie, you're such a great neurologist. But then I realized it was just because I was helping out with the workload, you know, yeah. and I was just a warm body. And, and that was great. So I think that it, that's a nice part of locums is that when you do show up for work, people uh, that your colleagues, uh, they don't take it for granted, you know, right. that that you're there as as can happen in a uh, traditional uh, employment. But with all yeah. those things being said, you're still doing locums, right? You're not you're not looking for a permanent position. No, I think. And those are all really good points because I lose travel. And I'll tell you, as I've been thinking about that more, more places I'm working at, I can drive to. And that saves me an infinite amount of time because I can just drive there and then drive back. Um, and the couple hour drive to me is a lot better than the flight because the flight just eats up so much time. But all I've been doing with that part of it is trying to cut my travel as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So the TSA pre-checks, everything pre, don't check a bag. Um, as much as I can do, I'll, one of my hospitals, I'll leave at about 4 p.m. on Sunday and I have a 7 a.m. start that next morning. I'll get there. The hospital's five minutes away, hotel's 10 minutes away. And then on Friday morning at 6 a.m., I can be back in Houston at eight. So I don't, I used to be a little crazier and do connecting flights and then two connections and then drive two hour that to me is too much so as you to your, it's a great point as i've been getting older now arcing over my 40s i'm trying to minimize the travel and places that have a direct flight from houston to x hospitals right there then it saves me a lot of time and um yeah but you're right you do lose time on travel um and i found it at first it got me down a little bit but then i found it's very meditative to me i like to listen to books and talk, call friends and do things I probably wouldn't do because I'm forced to sit in a car, forced to sit in an airplane. And um, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I talk about this a lot with other people. I think, God, all my friends that are non-physicians, they all travel for their jobs, consultants, business, banking, tech. And we travel that much, but my God, I mean, when I work in New Mexico, these guys are out for three to four months from home. Or they're on the offshore rigs or the guys here at Shell. Yes. So, and you're right. I think you need to ask yourself, will that make me happy or not? And um, now would I love to have eight hospitals within blocks walking where I could go to my favorite coffee shop, roll on in as the locums guy, get paid more money, roll back, back to my house. Oh yeah. It ain't going to happen though. <laughs> but boy, would that be great. <laughs> All right, so we're almost out of time. Before we wind up, do you have any words of wisdom for a physician who uh, wants to consider locums? What should they do? I would just say, if you're unhappy with what you're doing right now, look into other stuff to do. That's all I'm gonna say. The answer is not to quit being a doctor. I think if you've made it this far, it all comes back to still people that are hurting, 
you've attained the knowledge and the training, you're doing an honest, good job that's been respected since the dawn of time. And you shouldn't let a bad work schedule, a bad boss, a bad corporation ruin that for you. And I think you need to go through that journey and see what you want to do. And I'm thinking also your health and your relationships. And if locums is one medium to do that. And I would say, I think you touched on it already. Talk to an agency. They're like training wheels for a bike. Try it out. It may, you may like it. You may hate it. You may want to incorporate it with the pandemic. So many people in ER doctors got laid off. And we, thank God we had eight places because uh, two of them laid us off temporarily and we had these six others to go to. So it's just a protective way, either full-time, part-time, moving, you move to Austin, your wife there has a job and you can't find a job. You may have to look into it. So just keep it in your back burner and any specialty just as one kind of arsenal uh, in your tool to practice medicine. Yeah, that's great. And I'll just emphasize, I really liked your point about not abandoning medicine. I'm yeah. like you, I write blogs for uh, one of the agencies and I'm, I've been working on one all week. I'm going to finish it right after this uh, interview. And it says non-clinical career versus locum tenens, mm. because there's been a huge proliferation of uh, coaches and there's a new book, oh. 50 non-clinical careers, you know, that, that this is the way out. And the line I use in this article is locum tenens is the way back in because right. uh, it gives you some control. And uh, I mean, there are great non-clinical jobs out there if that's what you wanna do. But if you really like taking care of patients, but it's all the other stuff, the hassle factor that's really got you down, locums eliminates a lot of that. And uh, I, I would definitely recommend doing that, you know, before you uh, are one of those people that looks through insurance cases, you know, or CMO of the hospital. I don't know. You couldn't pay me enough to do those uh, to do those jobs. My friend just started a life coach practice, and we just had a little heart to heart because I mean, it's it's. I think she was doing it for different reasons, but uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Well, Rip, this has been terrific. I want to thank yeah. you very much for uh, sharing your experience and wisdom on the art of medicine. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. This program is hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Wilner, MD, FACP, FAAN. Guests receive no financial compensation for their appearance on the art of medicine. Andrew Wilner, MD, is Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Memphis, Tennessee. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this program belong solely to Dr. Wilner and his guests and not necessarily to their employers, organizations, or other group or individual. While this program intends to be informative, it is meant for entertainment purposes only. The Art of Medicine does not offer professional financial, legal, or medical advice. Dr. Wilner and his guests assume no responsibility or liability for any damages, financial or otherwise, that arise in connection with consuming this program's content. Thanks for watching. For more episodes of The Art of Medicine, please subscribe www.andrewwilner.com.